I'm going to start off tonight by telling you about an elderly lady that had just come home from a church service. And she was startled when she walked in her house because she came upon a burglar robbing her from all of her possessions in her house. She walks up behind this burglar and she yells at him, Acts 238. The burglar stops. It's dead still. He doesn't move a muscle. So the lady just reaches into her pocketbook, pulls out her cell phone, and she calls the police. The police come, and when they get to the house, she tells them what she did, and they arrest the man. As the policeman, who was putting the cuffs on the man to put him in the back of the police car, as he was doing that, his curiosity just got the best of him. So he asked the burglar, he said, why in the world did you just stand there? All that old lady did was yell scripture at you. Scripture, he said. She said she had an axe and two thirty-eights. I guess we can say that she had scripture and she knew how to use it. Okay? I guess we can say that. Now, just for your curiosity's sake, 238, Acts 238 talks about repenting from sin. I just want to let you know that. You might want to look that up. Tonight, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture. Now, this passage of Scripture are the words of Jesus. They're important words of Jesus. I guess we could say that every word Jesus spoke was important, but these words are especially important to me. Because when Jesus spoke these words, he built a foundation for my life. That's why they're important to me, because they are foundational to who I am. Even today, as I'm an older man, retired, they're still, they're still that important to me. I hope they are to you too. Now tonight, if you came with a notepad and with a pen and you're going to t plan to take notes and all, may I make a suggestion? Just put that aside. Okay? Because I'm probably not going to tell you anything that you have not already heard and perhaps already know. My purpose tonight is not to teach you something new. My purpose tonight is to remind you of what Jesus offers you. Now, having said that, I'm assuming something. I want you to know that. I'm assuming that you who are here tonight, you already know the Lord Jesus Christ. You're walking with Him. You know Him as your Lord and Savior. You're walking with Him as your Savior, and you're trying to serve Him as your Lord. Now, if I happen to be wrong about one or two of you or you tonight, you know that. I don't have to try to figure that out. You know whether you received him or not as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't, may I make a suggestion to you? I suggest that you listen to what Jesus offers you, because this offer is for you too. 
Do you believe that what he offers is true and that you need it? And then just do what Jesus invites you to do in this passage of Scripture. It's very simple. Just, just, just listen, believe, and do what the Scripture shares. Now, I'm right about you, and you do know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I suggest that you do this. Remember what Jesus offered you. Believe that what he has offered you is true. And receive it. Now, I'm asking you to receive it not with your minds. Understanding the words and the phrases and all of that. Not just like that. But I'm asking you to receive it with your heart. And I remind you that the heart in the scripture is where we make, our, we make decisions about how and when to act. It's at the very core of who we are. Let it go to that spot. But just the mind. Having made those suggestions now, let's jump right into the Scripture. If you'll open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, a very familiar passage. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And while you're, while you're turning there, let me remind you, if you explore the Scripture, you will see that many times Jesus offered invitations to those around him and invitations to us also. Uh, Now, these invitations are expressions of his love for us. And they are extended to anyone who will believe him and receive and do what he invites them to do. Let's read the scripture together now. Matthew 28 verses, I mean, excuse me, Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I think you can see real quick that this is an invitation to rest, to rest with him. Now, I submit to you that there are really three invitations within this invitation. And the first one is this, it's to rest physically. You see it in verse 28, where he says, Come unto me, all who are weary. All you who are weary. Now, that word weary carries the idea of being exhausted. Anyone know what that feels like? I thought so. All of us have probably felt that. Sometime or another. But have you ever thought how Jesus can identify with being tired and worn out? Whether it was long hours spent in the carpenter shop trying to finish up a certain task for a customer, or whether it was teaching people uh, for long hours on the side of a mountain, 
or whether it was healing people, hundreds of people in a long day. Jesus knew what it was like to deal with people who were coming to you, wanting something from you. He knew what that was like. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 8, verse 23. I want to prove this to you, and if you will turn to Luke chapter 8, verse 23... Now, Jesus and his disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee. And a storm has come up. Look in verse 23, and you'll see. And as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a squirrel came up on the lake as the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. And the storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. Now, please notice, with this great storm that come up, so much so that these fishermen who were used to the boats, handling the boats, and storms coming up, they were afraid for their lives. It was a terrible storm, but Jesus was asleep in the boat. He stayed asleep even during the storm. They had to wake him up. And why do you think he was asleep? He was tired. He had had a long day, maybe several days. He knew what it was like to be tired and worn out. Jesus understood. And he had a very strong work ethic, and he valued a work ethic. We know that because he called men who were hardworking men to be his disciples. These were fishermen who were, some of them were, they were fishermen and they would fish all night long and then in the morning mend their nets before they could go home, get a few hours of rest and get back up and do it all again that evening. They were hardworking men. See, Jesus understood and he valued a strong work ethic. And the Bible reflects that Jesus understands when we as his people become tired and weary. Now it's important that we know that he understands because when you're tired and you're weary, you sometimes feel like you can't go on. And that's when Jesus wants to help us to go on. Strengthen us. To give us the rest that we need at a particular time we do. Now, in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 31, I want to show you the heart of Jesus in doing this. If you look in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 31, let me tell you what's happening here before we read this. The disciples have been sent out by Jesus to preach and to teach in the cities around. Jesus was delegating some of the work that needed to be done around him. And he sent the disciples out two by two to different cities and to teach the people. And the people, and this, this has just happened, and they have returned to Jesus. And this is what we read. 
the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You see, it's all right to rest with the Savior. It truly is. In fact, He will lead us to those times of rest if we will follow. You know, it's so easy in this society to think that if you give just a little more effort, then you will accomplish much more and receive a much bigger reward. You know, much like the businessman that goes to the office on Sundays because nobody's there and he can get more work done. But that's not always true. Always pushing. Even doing good things. Does not mean you're going to do more or do it better. One man challenged another man to an all-day woodcutting contest. The challenger worked very hard all day long, just stopping for just a few minutes to eat a lunch. Well, the first man, he had a leisurely lunch, and he took several breaks throughout the day. At the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and somewhat annoyed that the other man had cut far more wood than he had. He said, I just don't understand it. Every time I turned around, you were taking a break, and, and I was working constantly through. And the other man just laughed, and he said, ah. But what you didn't see is that while I was resting, I was sharpening my axe. See, when we rest with the Savior, that's what we're doing. We're improving our ability to function for Him and with Him in this world. He really cares when we are physically tired. And He leads us to the rest that we need. Resting like Jesus leads us, enables us to accomplish more and probably far more than we could even imagine. But now the second invitation in this passage is this. It's an invitation to rest emotionally. Look in verse 28 again. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and, and are heavy laden, are burdened, as uh, the New International Version of the Scripture says. Come unto me if you are burdened. Now, that word burden carries the idea of a heavy weight upon somebody. It's being weighed down. It's being... Your strength is being sapped from you because there's something just weighing you down. Usually, these things are emotional burdens. The emotional burdens drain our strength. They worry us. They wear us out. They rob us of our energy. I think you, you understand what kind of emotional burdens I'm talking about, but just so that we're all thinking together. It could be fear of something in the future, an illness, and the life changes that come with that illness, or a responsibility that maybe you don't feel up to, really. So you fear it, and it weighs you down. 
It could be grief. The loss of something or someone and the changes in life that that brings. And the grief that is felt so deep. It could be simply confusion over the present situation in life and what's happening around you. Which I'm sure a lot have felt through the years of COVID that we've come through. It's, it could be anger and even hatred toward people who had, have done you wrong. At least you think they've done you wrong. And so your emotions run very strong against them and it burdens you down. Or it could be anxiety, that feeling of insecurity, that, that something's not right, something's wrong, and that fear that, that something bad's coming in the future because of it. It burns you down. There are hundreds of emotions that can capture us and burden us down. And when they do, they wear us out. Jesus invites us to find rest with him when we are so burdened. In Jesus, in Jesus we find one that we can cast our burdens upon. A beautiful passage. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Listen to them very carefully. They read like this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. See, this verse tells us that we can remember Jesus is this God, all of this God that can fit in human flesh. That we can give to our Savior and our Lord those burdens that we have. We can, we can surrender these feelings, these emotions uh, to Him. And He can help us come through those. He can help us carry those burdens. But this verse also tells us how we come to this Jesus. At those times, we come humbly. We come acknowledging that we need His help. And we wait for Him to help us. We surrender it to Him, casting our cares upon Him. Time and time again, we can discover the emotional anchor that only Jesus Christ can give us. He gives us peace when we're most troubled. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is another verse that talks about this very much. It reads like this. Please listen very carefully. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the grace of Christ is sufficient for all of our needs. How about taking some of that emotional baggage and burden that weighs you down? Take it off the plate of your life. Put it on Christ. He invites us to do that. 
But then there's a third invitation in this, and it's the invitation to rest spiritually. Look at verse 29. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now we need to understand that Jesus was speaking these words to people who were very desperate. They were trying to find God. They were trying to do what was right, but, but they were just worn out doing that. You see, the religious leaders of that day, they had all these rules, do's and don'ts, uh, all kind of them. Uh, bring this offering. Uh, make this sacrifice. Um, uh, don't walk too far on the Sabbath. Uh, don't pick up too much on the Sabbath. Um, don't, yeah, be sure to wash your hands right before you eat. I mean, they had all these rules and regulations. See, they were trying to tell the people how to get to God. You know that's what all religions in this world teach other than Christianity. That's what makes our faith in Christ so unique. See, in all other religions, they try to tell you how to do good so that you can get closer to God. It's like climbing a ladder to get to God. You do, you're this good, and then you've got to be this good, and then you've got to be this good, and then this good, and you're trying your best to get to God. That's not what Christianity teaches. That's not what Jesus is inviting us to in this passage of Scripture. What Jesus is telling us is that God so loved us that he came to us and opened a way for us to know him, walk with him, and for him to give us what we need. That's totally different than trying to work your way to God. And yet, Christianity is the only faith in this world that teaches that a loving God has come to give us what we need. And all we have to do is receive it. Believe it and receive it. But the religious leaders of that day, they were doing like all the other faiths do. They were burdening the people. In fact, Jesus himself said this. If, if you will turn to Matthew chapter 23, and look with me at verses 1 through 4. Very important verses here. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 4. And it reads like this. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must, do, must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. You see, what he's saying is the religious teachers of that day were burdening these people down. They, they were... 
making it hard for them religiously to even find rest with God. And all religions in this world are like that, but Christianity. Christianity in Jesus Christ, he offers us to come to him. You see, God came and he made a way, and that way is Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross, his resurrection, what he taught, but also his very person. And Jesus says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Now, this promise is very important. He says, you will find rest for your souls, very deep within you, the very essence of your personhood. See, there's no real rest without coming to Jesus. As human beings, we're constantly struggling It's just the way we are. We try to do good. We try to do religious things. We try to be perfect on our own. But all all it ends up is that we are worn out spiritually. We are exhausted. But that's not the way it was meant to be. That's not what God wants for us. And that's why Jesus gives us this invitation to come to rest. David understood this. Did you know that? King David, many years even before Jesus came, he understood the heart of God. Look, how many of you can quote? No, I'm not going to ask that. I don't want to embarrass you. But I'm sure you can embarrass. embarrass. (laughs) I'm sure you uh, probably can say some of it, at least Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. Comfort me. David understood that in our God there is rest spiritually. And Jesus invites us to him for that. See, what Jesus has in mind for each of us is a journey spiritually with him. See, that's that's what this reference to a yoke means. You know what a yoke is. It It's a device that is put on the shoulders of two oxen that pulls them together so that they can walk together, journey together through a field. What Jesus is saying is, take his yoke upon us. Join with him, is what he's saying, and start and take the journey together. And this journey is not designed to wear you out or to drag you down or to exhaust you. It's a journey designed to strengthen us, to stretch us, and to bring us joy that comes from Him and Him alone. The best thing in this world for each of us. And that's what He's calling us to. It's to journey with Him. Rest upon His strength. Find 
the understanding and the strength that we need in these, in the times of great burden, in times of physical exhaustion, when we think we've got to somehow please God before He loves us. In all of these times, Jesus calls upon us to rest with Him. Trust Him. Did you know you could take a wick and place it in a bowl of oil and light the wick? And the wick will burn the oil through, the oil will come through the wick and will burn. But the wick doesn't burn. Now, if the oil runs out in the bowl, then the wick will burn and it burns up. That's the same way with us. As long as we live in life depending on the power and the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will not burn out. Because He will always lead us to the rest that we need and in the way that we need. Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, it doesn't matter what condition causes us to be exhausted Jesus Christ will lead us to rest with Him. If we will listen to what He offers, believe what He offers is true, and receive it from Him. That's about as simple as it can get, isn't it? It really is. But let me remind you that we receive it with our hearts. It's one thing to understand what Jesus has said. It's another thing to receive it in your hearts. At the very core of your being. Will you make your decisions in life? Would you pray with me, please? Eternal Father, with all my heart, I thank you that you spoke these words. A long time ago in my life, I heard you. And on many times, you have stepped up and you've given me rest when Honestly, I didn't want to rest. But you called me to yourself. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you still do that in my life. And I pray that every single person in the sound of my voice, whether they're sitting here or will hear it over tape, I pray, Father, that they will hear your voice, your invitation to rest with Jesus. Thank you for being this kind of God. You could have chosen to be any kind of God you wanted to be. You are the eternal one, the all-powerful one. But you have chosen to be good and loving, so much so that you would come to us to redeem us, to open a way that we could know you, feel your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, and your rest.
Thank you, Father. May your will be done. And may we walk with Christ so close that we never burn out. We ask it in his powerful name.